Welcome to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I'm sports editor Greg Keim, and with me in the studio again is sports reporter Austin Huff. And Austin, we've actually got some high school sports going on this week. What? <laughs> Nothing in Elkhart County yet because those teams are still uh, yeah. limited just to practice until next Monday. Yep. And yeah. In fact, they're not even going to play football this Friday night in Elkhart County schools. It's uh, it's a weird... Uh, it's going to be a weird beginning. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Uh, you know, and it was funny because I, I came in the office uh, on Monday and one of our... Uh, our staff photographer, Gerald, walked over to me and was like, so, yeah, we got uh, Friday Night Football this week. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we do. Because <laughs> you just kind of forget, oh, yeah, like, we're now in the full swing of things. Like, you know, every, you know, Kosciuszko and, and LaGrange County uh, can start uh, everything this week, soccer, tennis, uh, volleyball, things like that. And then, right. you know, uh, Elkhart County will start next week with their games. So, you know, usually we'd have, uh, what, six, seven games tonight or this week for football, and we only have two that we're going to be out and about covering. Um, we'll have two on the schedule, yeah. We have two on the schedule, you know, as of now. Uh, <laughs> you have to say yes. as of now after everything in 2020. So, uh, but yeah, right now we have uh, Wallace C headed to West, or headed to Lakeland, excuse me. Wallace C headed to Lakeland and West Noble hosting Central Noble. So, right. Got a county battle there uh, between the Nobles and uh, an interesting battle with Wawasee and Lakeland, I feel like. You got a uh, second-year head coach and John Rudebuck at Wawasee against a first-year head coach, Ryan O'Shea, at Lakeland. So, you know, you're used to going to Lakeland games and seeing them run the ball 50 times with uh, Keith Thompson in charge. But, you know, talking with Ryan last week for our football previews, it sounds like they're going to be, you know, running gun, not – Maybe not as much running gun, but they're going to throw the ball, uh, you know, a lot. So, and he's excited. He's 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 confident his team can play well. He thinks he's got some talent. And, I don't know, know where he end. got that from because isn't he a Jimtown grad? Yeah. Well, no, he coached at Jimtown. I don't think he's a Jimtown grad, but he coached. Okay, I knew at there was a Jimtown connection. Yeah, he coached at Jimtown. He was the quarterbacks coach and the JV head coach last year at Jimtown. Uh, he's coached around the area in the Indianapolis area. Uh, a lot. So he's he's been to a few places. Uh, for being only 30 years old, he's been coaching for 10 years now. So it's pretty pretty impressive. He's been able to build up a resume and coach. He's coached both sides of the ball, offense and defense. So um, he seems like a good pick for head coach. I mean, they hired him back in March, uh, the Monday after the pandemic started. That's how I, that's how I base everything off of now is when the pandemic started, mm-hmm. you know. It was the Monday after. It was the last day we were working in the office for about two months, which was pre or post pandemic. Yeah, uh... <laughs> instead of BC and AD, we'll have to think of new uh, initials for the pandemic year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so it's an interesting matchup. You know, Wabasi returns some players. Uh, both teams returned their starting quarterbacks from last year. Both weren't. Both went two and eight last season, so it's, they're both rebounding from tough seasons. But they both returned starting quarterbacks. And most of their offensive line and some skilled players on both sides of the ball. So, you know, it's an interesting matchup. I'm not, I'm not saying either team is going to, you know, set the world on fire this year. But, you know, one of those teams could be a sneaky, tough, tough game for some teams, I think, this year. Yeah. So, especially in the NECC, which feels pretty wide open this year uh, for Lakeland. Uh, you know, because West Noble... He's probably going to take a step down, losing Brandon Pruitt and Josh Gross and Raven Sloan and Kyle Mayhorter. I mean, you lose four of the best players from the conference. 
you know, in one season, it's going to be tough to come back and have another undefeated regular season. But I, it makes it makes that conference a little interesting because you don't know who's going to maybe break out and and be the best team out there. So yeah. you know, I think it's anyone's ball game the, the NECC this year. So yeah. it's like I said, it's going to be a strange football season because there were some scrimmages last last week, last Friday night from some schools mm-hmm. where they're allowed to do that. So you know, really. And I, I hate to use Goshen as an example all the time, but when Goshen plays South Bend Clay a week from Friday, Clay's going to have been on the field in, in a competitive situation basically twice right? with the scrimmage and their opening this Friday night. So they're going to be on the field twice before Goshen's even going to be able to right. able to go up against anybody other than themselves. Right, right. And I think uh, one of the things that is... Uh, happening this week, and I think this is what the elk, the athletic directors, or someone whoever met with the health department is allowing to do some contact practices this week. You know, for football, soccer, volleyball, instead of just conditioning. You, but it, it will. It's better than just doing conditioning and only having four practices to hit. You have at least eight or nine practices to actually hit. You know, and tackle and. So it is still a disadvantage because you're not playing a competitive game or a right. scrimmage, but it, you won't be so far behind where it's a total disadvantage. Like it's going to be a disadvantage, it's, but it's not the worst in the world. You know, yeah. I, I guess it, it's how I'm trying to explain it. But you know, obviously Goshen's at a disadvantage against Clay uh, in week two for sure. I mean, just and, in terms of you that, know, not just Goshen, but I mean, a lot of schools are going to be in the same situation. Right. Right. Um, I believe, uh, from your story that you wrote on Friday, Northwood is the only Northwood and, uh, Jimtown are the schools like they're playing County schools again in week two or, uh, Concord, well, Concord and Jimtown are, are playing each other week two. Right. So they're the only two schools from the County that aren't going to be playing someone that already played week one. Like Northwood has to host East Noble, who went to the state championship game in 4A last year, week two. Like, that's a big game. You know, you'd like to hopefully have played a game before you play East Noble, and now you're going to have to go into them relatively blind. Like that's that is tough. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. be a tough game for them. So uh, it should be an interesting game, but it's going to be tough. So yeah. yeah, it's uh it's interesting. You know, but we do have football. We have it. We have some this week. Again, as, as you said before, as of now. As of now, I'm, I'm still not 100 percent convinced that we're going to be playing football this year. But. Yeah. Well, Michigan High Michigan High School moved football to the spring on Friday at right. four o'clock, which was you know just great timing. Um, Washington drop dead. dead <laughs> exactly, um, and uh, you know it, it makes you nervous about will Indiana move or not. My my two cents on that is. I'd like to think that they would have announced by now if football was going to be moved, right? I mean, we're in the middle of game week now. Teams did scrimmages. They've been hitting in practice for two weeks. They're getting ready. It's Tuesday of a game week as of this recording. So, like, they – I don't know. We can't go back, I feel like, right now. Like, we can't go back. Like, Michigan Michigan was only in their first week of practices. So, like, they still had – some leeway, like they weren't getting ready for games, they weren't doing scrimmages or anything. Like they were still in the conditioning part, so like they could cancel without it being, I guess, as hurtful. Like it still stinks, obviously. But I, I will. I don't go, know. I will go back to the fact that anything can happen this year because 
Aaron Wolf was loading his Northwood team on the bus to go to the boys' basketball regional last spring when he found out that the regionals had been canceled. They should have just so they should have just postponed it on that Thursday when they first announced limited fans. I mean that was that was probably the first mistake. Everyone got their hopes up; they'd still be able to yeah. play. Um, so, but I I don't know. Like based on that, I'm saying they can postpone up until the time they kick the ball off. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I won't I won't be fully confident football at least starts in this state until Friday at 7 p.m. when they're kicking off yep. in Ligonier between the Cougars and the and the and the Chargers. So, uh, but and by the way, our producer Sheila Selman is a West Noble grad. So, for for uh, obvious reasons, we can't let her cover the football game. You know, we don't want her to show any bias towards the Chargers. Wow. She, you know. She's just so good, she'd probably put us both out of a job after she oh, wrote that is the game story. You know? That is true. Um, I, I've read some of Sheila's sports work, and it's just, you know, impeccable. So, uh, <laughs> we're trying to get her to laugh so loud that she gets on the podcast. That's how she's going to make her debut, laughing so loudly. <laughs> we still have to do our trivia quiz at the end of the year, I think. Yeah. From all your different factoids from... Uh, from the year, we got. I might play. I might play the podcast back and see if we can uh, figure out some trivia questions. That'd be great. Sheila shakes her head. So, <laughs> um, well, and still on the uh, COVID nineteen virus thing, the University of North Carolina announced this morning that they're going to online classes only now because they've had a huge outbreak of cases. Yeah. Once the students got back on campus. Yeah, a lot of clusters they were calling them. Um, and yeah, I mean. Specifically, you know, obviously North Carolina is an ACC team. Notre Dame is playing in the ACC this year for football. Uh, yep. Notre, Notre Dame is supposed to go to North Carolina uh, the day after Thanksgiving and play a Friday night game in Chapel Hill. Uh, as of now, they said they're going to still keep on playing athletics at the school, which is um, interesting given they're taking everyone off campus. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, you're seeing it yeah. too. Even locally, Notre Dame has had – some spikes in cases the last couple of days. It, it was weird. Like that first day back, they released those numbers of like, we tested 12,000 people and like 0.27% came back positive. And it was like, Oh, this is great. Like campus is great. Well, in the last week or so as kids have been, you know, hanging around each other or trying to go to parties and things like that, the numbers yeah. have gone up. Like I read, I read somewhere uh, Monday that the testing, they only tested 30 people, like Sunday, maybe, and it was probably people who were showing symptoms because 15 came back positive. Like 50% of the tests, that's <laughs> I know it's a small numbers, but like that's but still, still, you know, 15 out of 30 is a little nervous. And are any yeah. of these people going to classes with football players? Will there have to be contact tracing? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a whole mess right now. And it's, you know, you're seeing it like with North Carolina where it's just another hurdle to get over if we're going to try and play right. a football season right now. So, yeah. what we need to handle the situation is more kids like Ethan Kane, the yes. Concord High School graduate. Mm-hmm. I had a story in the Monday's paper about him and the fact that his freshman season is being postponed out in Indiana State because of the COVID 19 virus. Mm-hmm. And he flat out told me, he said, I know the risks of the virus. He said, I know that. He said, I also know the risks of playing football. He said, I've torn my ACL. I've torn my meniscus. I've had concussions. He said, but I, you know, I know those facts going in. So he said, I know there's a risk too also of COVID. What he was prepared to do, 
he was going to isolate himself completely from his family mm-hmm. and his friends during the football season. He said, I wasn't going to have anything to do with anybody else <laughs> because he said, if I get the virus, he said, I'm confident I can overcome it. But he said, I'm not that confident that my friends and family could. So he said he was going to isolate himself from everybody. Mm-hmm. So his only focus was going to be on football. Right. Right. And that's obviously what you'd have to do. But also... Uh, to an extent, also there's the element of like, if that's the case, and you're 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 not necessarily treating him, you know, as a student, right? Unless he's taking all of his classes online, then he could only focus on football and like stay isolated. But you know, there's a there's the whole argument about you know trying to move even with college basketball to bubbles, right? The bubble to keep everyone safe. But yeah. if you move college basketball to a bubble, you're acknowledging. Like flat out that it's not about academics with those kids. It's about athletics, making money because you want to play a season in a bubble so no one gets sick and you can make your TV money and things well, like that. And I mean, if I, I admire Kane being like, I want to stay. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to see anything. You know, isolate myself during the whole football season. But he also will still have to go to class unless he was taking all online classes to begin with. I, so yeah, and he he actually told me he does not like the online classes. He prefers having right. the one-on-one contact with other students and teachers. Because mm-hmm. he said last last uh, semester of his high school, when they cut it short and they had to go online, he said, I didn't do as well. Yeah. Because he said, I'm not as motivated and, to go. And there's a there's an element of, you know, there's less accountability at home. I mean, like, obviously, like, your parents are there to, like, keep you, you know, but when you're in school, you know, you're, like, focused on school. Where, like, if I right. was taking a class at home... I have the internet right there. I have my, you know, gaming system right there. I have Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'll just watch an episode of, uh, you know, The Office, and then I'll come back to my reading. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you watch four episodes of The Office, and then and, and you take a nap. You know, <laughs> and then you do the reading. So, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, as someone you know who did take some online classes at college, like, I definitely prefer the in person. Just and in high school too, just because there is that sense of focus and accountability basically with being in the classroom so yeah it's I feel like I've said it a thousand times but it's interesting the whole thing is just complicated and it's really uh yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's just a uh, yeah you know it's it's there we're we're on month five of this you know so uh yeah who knows who knows Another story I had last week, I talked to Trevor Andrews, brother mm-hmm. of Northwood football coach Nate Andrews, and he's a second-year linebacker coach up at Western Michigan up in Kalamazoo, and they had their season, their football season, postponed the other day. That Possibly the MAC is going to try to play, play a spring season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so who knows? <laughs> One of the unfortunate things from uh, Trevor's standpoint is that he was disappointed because they were scheduled to be Notre Dame's non-conference game this year. And he was going to get a chance to go coach at Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah. He said, I have not been in the stadium, I know, since they've remodeled, remodeled it. And he said, I may not have been in the high school in the stadium since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And here he's got that chance, <laughs> and then it's just taken away. Right. And... You know, it's unfortunate because, you know, Notre Dame was going to keep Western Michigan. You know, they when they announced their ACC schedule. Right, that was, was going to be their non-conference Right, game. They, they, they were going to keep it. And uh, 
yeah, it's just, you know, less than 48 hours after that announcement, the Mac cancels their season. And it's like, man, like, you know, that's that was the kind of annoying thing about like a week or two ago was like everything, you know, all the conferences put out their schedules and it was like, okay, like, we're going to try this, I guess, you know? And then, like, within four days, it was, like, Mac canceled, Big Ten canceled, Pac-12 canceled. Like, it was like, what happened? We had all these schedules put out. We were going to get excited. Like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because you're seeing it, you know, this past week, like, yesterday, the SEC released their schedule for football this fall. And, you know, it's like, well, are they going to play? You know, the Big 12, I think, I, Big 12 has their schedule. You know, the, the ACC has their schedule. And they're those are the three leagues right now that are, like, all, you know, moving forward. Like, we're going to play. Like, it's going to happen. But then you see North Carolina get a spike in cases and shut down the campus. So, it's, you know. Yeah, which goes back to a point you just made. Are they looking at these kids as students or are they looking at them as athletes generating revenue for the school? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, if, if <laughs> the majority of the conferences are canceling their seasons or moving them to the spring, what what does that say about the three or four conferences that are still talking about playing football this fall? Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean granted, it's, there's a lot of money at stake. Right, there is. And, you know, the Big Ten and Pac-12, I'm sure, weren't just, like, willy-nilly about this decision. You know, they, they probably thought it out, a lot of sleepless nights, and making sure everything is, you know, right. And, you know, they chose the immediate more you know the immediate safety of the players in terms of covid as opposed to making the money that they were they would have made even if you know they weren't going to have fans you know but they still would have had tv money right you know they still would have had those tv deals and they still might get it in the spring but who knows if they'll be able to play in the spring because then you're going to be asking kids to play 10 games in the spring and then another season in the fall and you know that's a lot of football in one year like one calendar year you know so uh, yeah, it's just so many things to think about and, and you know, a lot of thought process, a lot of different angles of thought for that, you know, discussion. But, you know, I guess as of now, we're going to we're gonna play ACC football, even if North Carolina doesn't want to play it or not. <laughs> I guess Notre Dame will have to find a new opponent on Thanksgiving. So, uh, it was actually interesting. Yesterday, Brian Kelly met the media uh, via, virtually via Zoom, and uh, – we asked mostly just football questions. It was weird. It was like, you know, for months it's been questions about, are we going to play? COVID testing, protocols, you know, social distancing, tracing, right. masks, things like that. Even on Thursday when we talked to him, it was all that. And yesterday it was like, so talk to me about the Buck linebacker position and safeties and, and replacing Kevin Austin who's injured and all these other things. And it was like, was that an actual football press conference. It was weird. It, like, it was a weird feeling to talk about actual football, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, obviously with, if, if this season plays out as they're saying it's going to play out, um, you know, they still are going to probably do a playoff. Like, that's what they've heard. I mean, that's the rumors, at least. They're still going to do a college football playoff. You know, in theory, like, Notre Dame has a better chance to make the playoff now this year. They got a good team. You know, if they could beat Clemson, I know, and maybe, maybe like, they split with Clemson, like, if they beat him in the regular season but lose the conference championship game to them or vice versa. Like, hey, you could see Notre Dame in the playoff again this year. Maybe just by default. (laughs) So, you know, I mean. (laughs) 
if there there was a reason to put an asterisk next to a title, right? That would be the reason. It would be almost kind of funny if like Notre Dame won the national title in this year with only half the teams playing. You know, no one would consider it a legitimate national championship when you know schools like Ohio State and Michigan and Oregon and USC aren't playing in it. You know, so that's like a, a question I saw being batted around on the internet the a couple of weeks ago about the baseball season, the shortened baseball season, right? What happens if somebody hits 400 this year? Are they going to consider that a legitimate average? Right, Right. I mean... If he hit 400 over a 60-game season as opposed to a 162-game season? I just want someone on the Cubs to bat 250. I mean, that's all I'm asking for at this rate. Just get 250. A lot of Cubs bats in that lineup right now are not not hitting well. So, uh, but yeah. So, anyway. um, So... Yeah, so I wanted to kind of talk about something else too locally uh, that I kind of caught my eye was uh, some of the girls' golf scene because Elkhart County schools can still play girls' golf as of now. And right. I was at the Wawasee Invitational Saturday, and Concord won again. They've won three of their four invitationals, and they're 2-0 and in the nine-hole duels. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. So I, I know that their competition at, like, the Wawasee Invite isn't the same as, like, what Northwood does when they go to, like, Lapel or the State Preview or things like that. Right. But in this past week's coaches' rankings, uh, Concord went from 16th to 18th, and Northwood went from 17th to 14th. Now, Northwood did win an invite last week, and they got third in lapel over the weekend. They got some good competition. But I thought it was just interesting because Concord has played really well. Uh, you know, they're not they're not winning with, like, 360. You know, they're, they're shooting 340, 332, like, things like that, like, lower scores. And... Uh, I don't know, man. Like Concord is kind of an interesting team. Like they're gonna be, you know, they they get they get uh, they're in the Warsaw Invitational this weekend, so they're gonna go right up ahead with Northwood and Homestead. That's two of the teams in their regional. If they get to the regional, that will be like the really interesting. Like Homestead and Northwood are are seen as one and two, so Concord has a chance to maybe prove that they can hang with the, those two teams. And you know, Concord already beat Northwood at their invite this past year. And uh, they get them in nine holes for the conference for their first conference match on Tuesday next week, in at Bent Oak in Elkhart. So uh, potentially the NLC title on the line, first NLC match of the season, Concord and Northwood. I mean that's that's kind of potentially potential conference championship on the line. I mean, I mean it's, it's too early in the season to say if you win right. one match, you've got the conference title sold up. Right, but. right. You know, and obviously there's a lot of history with that, with Northwood having won 57 straight in the conference, haven't lost a conference match since 2011. Uh, Concord, mm-hmm. you know, has been their primary competitor the last year or two, always kind of there. You know, they can get out of the sectional, regionals, always kind of giving them fits the last couple of years. But, you know... If, if Concord wins, you know, on, on next week against Northwood, that, A, it would be historic. And B, it could be interesting to kind of see, like, you know, maybe maybe there'll be a new king or queen atop the girls' golf world in the NLC this year. It would be, I mean, decade decade of dominance for the Panthers. I mean, they're, they're still good. And Sybil Stilson is probably going to get top five individually in state, maybe, you know, top ten, top five individually in state. And, Brie Goss is a really good player for them, too, and they're still going to be very good. They they could still easily make it to state as a team, but I think, you know, Concord has a, an incredible opportunity ahead of them, uh, potentially, to, to, to maybe make an historic run at this for a season and maybe make it to the state tournament. 
potentially. I mean, it's 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 not out of the question. I think you get two NLC teams to the to the state tournament this year, so should be fun. It's I'm possible. actually really, like I'm very excited about girls golf this year because my first two years here, it's been kind of Northwood and everybody else. For no disrespect to everybody else, you know, a lot, couple individuals, you know, like Madison Kyle at Lakeland has been a good player, and and Braden Odell at Northridge hurt, you know, last two seasons, but. Northwood has kind of been that premier team, and when they get sixth in state last year, you know, it's like they're the dominant force kind of in northern Indiana, or at least north, northwest, northwest-ish northern Indiana. So it's kind of interesting to see a new team maybe come up and challenge Northwood this year right. for the conference. So it's, You're, it is you're just excited about girls' golf because right now it's the only sport going on I in know, the county. I know. It's like, wow, there's so many storylines. Like, it's great. Like, <laughs> it's really fun to, like, why? It's, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm intrigued. I, this is the most excited I've been for girls golf. I think in a, forever, maybe, maybe ever. I mean, I know you know just this tonight, just my two cents. But yeah. yeah, I'm excited. It's kind of fun to see. Uh, it's kind of fun. It's gonna be fun to see this next week. You know, with they with the Warsaw invite and the and the head to head on a Tuesday. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So and along the lines of another thing that's not gonna be the same in 2020. Uh, Sunday is the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500. Mm-hmm. The greatest spectacle in racing. Yes. Yes. But for the first time ever, no fans. And uh, for the first time <laughs> in a long time, not in May. Right? It's usually not Memorial Day weekend. I think I, I, I can't remember, but I believe I read somewhere it's the first time it's ever going to be held, not be held Memorial Day weekend. I mean, the race has been postponed before. They did not run it in 17 and 18 because of World War One, Right. And they did not run from 1942 to 45 because of World War Two. Right. But other than that, it's been held every weekend, every Memorial Day weekend. Right. It's a, it's going to be weird, you know? No fans in August. It's, a, it's another sporting event you almost forgot was happening. It's like the like the horse racing, like I, the Belmont, you know, was in June. It was like, oh yeah, that happened. Like the Kentucky Derby is in three weeks. It's like, or yeah. a couple weeks, and it's like, oh yeah, the Kentucky Derby is like coming up. You like forget almost that like you have these things that like got moved because you're so used to them in the spring, and you forget that they got moved to like the fall. So it's yeah. it, if there's been any, you know, positive about this COVID, it's there's no positives really, but. The, the one maybe minor positive is like all these sporting events are coming up right away, like all back to back to back, where it's like really cool where you get the Indy 500, the Kentucky Derby, like the Masters is in November, like, you know, the NBA playoffs are starting right now, the NHL playoffs are going on, the MLB's in the middle of their pennant race, you know, three weeks into the season, they're in a pennant race already, which is crazy to think they just started three weeks ago, but like... Technically, though, in a 60-game baseball season, you started the pennant race on the first day. Pretty much. I, I mean, mean, yeah, you're in a, you're in the pennant race the whole way. Like, it's really, you know, you get MLB kind of coming down the stretch, and the NFL is going to be starting up their season in a month, you know, if they could start their season up in a if month. No not, pre, they, have, they have the benefit, I guess, no preseason games might help their cause, or I don't know. but And I just, I just saw this morning on the AP Wire that, the Tennessee Titans are not going to allow fans for their first home game of the season. Yeah. And the Bears are actually considering that, playing in Soldier mm-hmm. Field without any fans this year. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I, I, you know, it's kind of interesting to see how, what different teams announce and things like Jacksonville, you know, six weeks ago announced 20%, you know, capacity basically for their games. Uh, so it's like, 
you know, which which states will allow, you know, which teams will allow more and whatnot. And it's just, it's obviously a lot of it has to do with local health guidelines as well. Um, right. So, yeah, but it is a, it's, it's setting up to be a very fun fall of pro sports, national sports at least, with all of these things happening at the same time. And uh, it's really cool, I think, you know, and uh, hopefully the local stuff can, can follow suit so we have stuff to cover and write about and, you know, have have some stuff. I mean, obviously, pretty much everything right now except football appears. I mean, football is still going to be going to go as well. But as of now, I mean, you're not really hearing, you're not really hearing any concerns about soccer or volleyball right now in terms of it being postponed. So you know, knock on wood. So yeah. And uh, one thing back to the uh, Indy 500 for our producer Sheila. Marco Andretti won the poll yes. over last weekend, and he's the first Andretti on the poll since Mario back in 1987. Yes, and, this, and he's also the first driver to win the poll with the number 98 car hmm. since Parnelli Jones back in 1963. I had that. That was my next guess, man. He didn't even let me get a chance to guess. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's interesting. Uh you know the Andretti curse, right? At at the Indy 500, the family hasn't won a race since 1969 when yeah. Mario won it. Um, you know they haven't even won a pole really in uh, you know 30 33 years. So you know could this be it? Uh, you know I was we were talking before uh, we started recording it just about how you know it's 2020, nothing is off the table. Like it would almost be poetic in a weird way if he won it this year where there's no fans. Right. right. So, like, you know, maybe the curse is, like, they can't race well in front of fans. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe Andretti has enough power to make no more fans for the rest of the time so they could win all the championships. I don't know. And but His winning time for the pole was 231.068 miles per hour. That's pretty fast. That sounds fast, but th- I think this makes it sound even faster. He drove the four miles qualifying time in two minutes – Thirty-five point seven nine eight five seconds, mm-hmm. and the the correct me if I'm wrong, but the track <laughs> is two and a half miles. It is two and a so half. So he drove miles, he correct. drove ten miles in two minutes, two minutes and thirty seconds or whatever. I mean, you know, I wish I could do that sometimes, but I can't. No, you, know? you don't. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't. That's true. That's and true. We, and the other people I've seen you drive don't want you to do that either. But that's fair. That is we'll, fair. Um, hey, I haven't gotten to a car accident in a couple years, so knock okay. on wood. Not a lot of wood on this podcast. Sheila's going to have to edit those out, I think. And the uh, the tradition of drinking milk after winning the 500 goes back to 1936. Yes. When a driver named Lewis Meyer asked for a bottle of chilled buttermilk yeah. to drink <laughs> after the race. Are they doing milk this year? Are they still going to do that? They, As far as I know, I... I, I you know, this goes back to when they had fans because uh, back in '93, Emerson Fittipaldi, after he won the race, asked for orange juice. Whoa! And as he was drinking orange juice, he was booed by the crowd. I believe that. I mean, even if you're so, like lactose intolerant, just like pour it on your face. You know what I mean? Like, don't drink any of it. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's a, uh, it is a great tradition, drinking of the milk. So it's always interesting what 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 people pick too. You know, two percent, one percent, low fat. Skim, you know, it's like there's some options there. Uh, the correct one is two percent, of course, but you know, you know, but yeah. it's up. To, you know, it's it's all up to the uh, whoever wants to drink. It's you know, yeah. it's their call. So, and yeah. uh, for our interesting fact 
of the day of the I week. I love this. This is my to favorite end part. The podcast. This is my favorite part. August nineteenth, nineteen oh nine, was actually the date of the first race at the Indianapolis five hundred at the Motor Speedway. Really? Yes. They had twelve thousand fans there <laughs> to watch an Aust- Austrian engineer, Louis Schwitzer, win the five mile race. Wow. So two laps. <laughs> and average his average speed? Fifty-seven point four miles per hour. Now that's about more of the speed I drive. That doesn't so. sound fast, but for nineteen oh nine, I think that was pretty. That fast. was probably lightning fast. Yeah, that's actually kind of uh, interesting. It's and uh, the, the worst part of the race, the track surface was actually made up of crushed rock and tar, huh. and it started breaking up during the race. And there were actually two drivers, two mechanics, and two fans killed. Oh, Jesus. that one race. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, I can't believe they decided to race again after six think, people died. <laughs> yeah. I think in the history of the race, I think I read it, there's only been 60 people that have died between drivers and, and pit crews. 10% of fans. them in that one race. Yeah. 10%, one race. And the actual, I mean, the weirdest one, there was actually one person that was killed that was not even at the speedway. How, do they, how does that count? Well... I don't know, but I guess it was connected, technically connected to the 500. The kid was in his front yard across the street playing, and there was an accident, and a tire somehow bounded out of the out of the track across the road and hit this kid while he was playing in his front yard. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, you learn something new every day. Yes. Um, you know, now I'm going to go read about, you know, rainbows and sunshine after hearing about <laughs> death for the last two minutes. <laughs> but it is interesting. It's really interesting, uh, you know. But it is 100, 111 years ago this week, the first ever race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Right. Five miles. It's unbelievable. It's, that's great. Could you imagine the Indy 500 being two laps on Sunday? That'd be no. something. That would, now, that would be really... A heck of a race with all of them already bunched up and only going two laps. That'd be interesting. So, but I, I prefer going 500 miles and not five. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find it today. There's actually a mathematical formula that they used to determine the fact that they would have 33 race cars in the field. It, it really? had something to do with the length of the tract and the number of cars and the distance required for them to stop safely and there's like a mathematical formula and it came out to 33 race cars was hmm. a safe number to have in the field huh science man science science way over my head <laughs> i'm a writer for a reason so <laughs> yeah all right uh, austin anything else you want to add this week uh i'm good i'm good i'm just happy we're uh we've got football for now, as of now. As of now, It yes. might be irrelevant by the time we post this podcast, but who knows. Yeah. All right. All right, folks, that will wrap up another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast, and tune in next week for another episode.